This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. All right, I want to welcome you to the next episode of Marketing Jam. I am so excited because we're going to talk about research, we're going to talk about insights. Uh, we have Diana, the founder and CEO of True Impact. And she is not only uh, a data researcher, she is brilliant, she's on all sorts of councils, uh, she's an advisor to all sorts of brands. Uh, she's also in the latest edition of Insight Magazine, which in case you are not subscribed yet, has incredible articles, incredible insights on how you can use research to grow your business, whether you're a micro business, a small business, a large business. Insight Magazine not only has some great articles and statistics and facts that are really helpful and relevant to marketing, but also has some really inspiring case studies uh, of mailing campaigns around the world that are having a huge impact on growing businesses. So, Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to welcome you to the show. And, and why don't we start off? How did you get into what you're doing? Uh, it, I got into it quite organically. I started out as a big science nerd. I was fascinated by how people think, how people make decisions. So I studied neuroscience at the University of Toronto. I then uh, started working in marketing. So I did digital marketing, uh, analytics, different types of programs for large and medium-sized companies. And um, so after about eight years within marketing communications, I kind of married my two passions into what was back in 2012, Canada's first neuromarketing company. Wow. Um, and so we've been providing services and products for the marketing, market research, and advertising communities, all rooted in neuroscience and biomeasures and uh, lots of cool things like that. Wow. So if I am a uh, shop, I, I'm in Winnipeg, and I have a cat sweater company, and I'm trying to get more people to buy my cat sweaters, what's some of the insights maybe that your company has discovered? Very simply put, we can help somebody with uh, understanding where their customer is going to look. So what's going to get their attention? What emotion is going to be triggered? And how likely is that message going to resonate and convert to a behavior, to an action? So if you're having a website, you want to know where people are looking. Uh, you want to know what grabs their attention before where their mouse is going and what they click on because you want to be intentional. So we help brands like that kind of take control of what's going to stand out first and for foremost and what type of emotion a customer or person should have with their brand. Wow. So do you know that, that famous Wayne Gretzky quote? It's not just about you know, knowing how to play the game well, but it's knowing about knowing where the puck is going to be. So you know yeah. where the marketer, where their customers are going to be. That's part of what you, you provide, like a little uh, crystal ball for brands. Yeah, ideally, that's exactly the goal. The goal is to be intentional and to be predictive, to not cross your fingers whenever you launch a campaign and to um, add a little bit of humanity behind the customer metrics and bring emotion data into customer segmentation to really help improve targeting and, and maximize marketing yield. Wow. Can you give me an example of maybe uh, something you've done for a brand recently? I saw uh, Burger King campaign, I've seen you do some others, but maybe something that we, you want to tell us about. Yeah, for sure. Um, we learned a lot about the physical experience and the impact of physical media on the brain. Having done a lot of work with Canada Post, we learned that the physical medium engages many more senses than just the visual medium. 
And so we got to um, to dive deeper, even in, in a recent um, uh, you know activation campaign, where we understand how does a postcard, a dimensional box mailer versus uh, a social media ad, what type of emotions do they exhibit in the brain? And one interesting you know top level finding is that you can have the simplest physical piece; uh, it still elicits as much engagement from the mind as any digital communication. So uh, people are going to remain interested in this medium for a long time because it taps into the way our brains are wired. Um, so there's a mountain of evidence behind that. And it's quite interesting to see. And could you say uh, almost the same, but could you not say even more because it affects like the smell, the touch, the, the taste even maybe if you have a flavor on your postcard? Yeah, and then as soon as you engage more senses, you are more likely to be encoded into memory, and that really helps a brand become familiar and become uh, a habit, you know, in, in the purchase cycle. Because one of the things, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, this Insight Magazine, those that are uh, just listening to the audio, I have an edition of the Insight Magazine that they covered the cover with, uh, what do you call this stuff? Bubble, bubble popping stuff. My yeah. kids love this. They love to pop it, but I think we all love to pop it, if we're really honest. But it just, uh, you got to touch it, you got to feel it, you got to experience with it, and even actually pop the cover, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and you never forget that cover. It, <laughs> there's something very important about us having a tangible physical experience with the objects around us. This is really how we learn. And sometimes the things that seem destructive can actually be quite enjoyable. So think of the time when you go shopping and you have to tear one of those uh, plastic bags to maybe bag your produce. Um, it it feels like a very, it's a fun activity, even though it may seem a little bit, you know, abrupt or what have you. Um, but that is very enjoyable. And that's something that the human mind is uh, triggered to. It creates an association between that act and that feeling. Okay, so as a neuroscientist, I need to ask, I have a hypothesis, and I'm going to use your line, hypothesis that in this time, 2020, in a world that's so digitized and we're so focused so much on online, physical, uh, tangible, experiential events, uh, physical things in the mail will become even more valuable, even more important. Do you think that's true? I think that's true. And it's all in the way that you do it. I think the younger generation may have a lot of emails in their inbox, but many times they don't get a lot of mail. Uh, if you've ever seen a 13-year-old you know, jump up and down when she gets her Starbucks gold card. That's something that an email cannot duplicate, you know, that feeling. Um, so, I, you know, physical is something that is going to uh, remain top of mind as, a, as an area of activity or, or investment for many brands. I feel like it needs to work in concert with text and online and a mobile app. And it all has to feel fluid, like it's coming from the same brand. So if I'm, uh, you know, a cat sweater company in Winnipeg, and I can't say afford to hire you, I don't have the budgets of Burger King. Um, could I get some of this data knowledge from my Google Analytics, Facebook Insights, data that's available to me right now? Yeah, you can gather a lot of behavioral data, so you can see what people did, you can see where they clicked, and kind of what what the general uh, user flow is. If something uh, grabs your attention and you feel like something needs to be corrected, you want to start before the behavior and you want to do a little bit of 
um, research or testing, if you will, on your web page to determine what is grabbing their attention for them to go click on something. So what a lot of companies do is they'll use some form of eye tracking, and there's many types out there. Then they'll pair it with maybe a hot jar type uh, tool where they see where people are clicking. And that tells them where they look and what they do to better mm. connect the dots all the way through conversion. So the more upstream you can go with understanding the values and emotions that drive that behavior, the more likely you can you are to be able to affect that behavior. The great thing too about Google Analytics and the Google Goals feature within Google Analytics is that they're both free features for anyone to use. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's definitely accessible. It's information that every marketer um, has, you know, basically no excuse not to use. And you mentioned Hotjar. Do you know what the costs are about that or for maybe for a single website? Oh, I can't speak to the Hotjar pricing. I know it is fairly affordable and there's a free option for those that want to try it with a limited number of um, uh, tests or visits. Um, and so that is a tool that tracks where your mouse is going and kind of uh, what people are clicking on. Um, if you, for example, are bef before that stage, say you haven't built a whole website yet, or maybe you want to, you have a couple of ideas in mind for what it should look like, and you have two iterations before you, you go and build a whole website, you can use a tool like predictive eye tracking to determine where attention is most likely going to land and decide, does that meet my marketing objectives? Which is a very important step. A lot of times we are removed from the goal when we are designing something because it's different people, different departments. So a designer may feel something is beautiful, but a marketer may look at something and think, you know, does it achieve my intended objective? Does it drive people to what I want them to do? So you marry those two goals and you pick the right version that speaks to your marketing objective. And then you go and build a whole site and then you track uh, with a tool like Hotjar. Right. So there's things you can do before that as well. And tell me about yourself. What, um, what do you read or where do you kind of spend your time so that you can stay on top of what's happening uh, in trends today? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love podcasts. Um, one of my favorite recently is called B2B Growth. Um, in, my, in my role within True Impact, I am responsible for growing the business. So I love to hear what tactics and strategies other companies are using um, to drive conversion to their B2B, often SaaS platforms. Um, I love that one. Um, I love Marketing Jam. I've listened to a couple of uh, episodes as well. I feel like it's really conversational, but it also gets to the to the tactical, like gritty, you know, uh, uh, aspects of marketing. And in terms of books, I mean, in addition to the newer marketing books, um, I made some notes. There's this one that I really like. It's called so Lost and Founder by Ren Fishkin is very mm. interesting because he speaks about a company that started as pure services doing uh, marketing, uh, search, and a number of other services like that. And then he moved into a platform model. And I also like, um, this is a classic with the tech community. It's called Getting Real. And mm. it's all about how to build web, web apps, basically. Mm. So it's, you know, my, my interests are... Um, with the human sciences and technology and business. That's awesome. And are you an iOS or an Android person? You know, I'm on a Mac right now doing this podcast, but my phone is a Samsung. Nice. So, yeah, I'm both. And do you have apps that you just love on your phone that you kind of use every day? 
Well, as hmm, I feel like, well, the the calendar app is critical. I can't live without it. I mean, it's um, from I'm a parent as well, so uh, I also love this other app called Life 360. It makes it really easy to coordinate pickups, drop-offs with my spouse. Um, let me think. Um, I don't know, just some of the regular, um, you know, like Spotify and, and all the other ones are kind of, I try to keep it light. I try to do as much work as I can on my computer. And otherwise, I would just get sucked into my phone and spend yeah. all my time there. Yeah. So as someone, uh, neuroscientist, marketer, how do you feel about you know, having children? How do you feel about the future for our children and those um, people that are able to market to them even smarter, sharper, uh, even, you know, using more of these insights. You think that's a great thing? You think that's a bad thing? And why? Um, I think it's a I think it's a good thing. I mean, it's an it's inevitable that marketers are going to continue finding better tools to to reach people, uh, to reach them at an emotional level or to reach them uh, when they are most vulnerable. I feel like with that will come also a lot of education around um, how to be a wise consumer. Uh, we really need a lot of financial literacy uh, in schools. Uh, we need to teach people the difference between wants and needs um, and how to delay gratification and not do a lot of impulse buying uh, because retailers are getting much better at uh, getting you when you're tired, when you're exhausted. You don't want to make too many decisions. You just want to grab and go. Um, so being aware of your mental state, I think, comes hand in hand with this conversation. On one hand, yes, brands are getting better and and we're all part of an ecosystem that helps brands get noticed and trigger emotion. But on the other hand, people are also becoming much more aware of their mental states and um, you know, their, their overall understanding of what uh, brands are trying to do. What's something that um, you know, every business, you know, solopreneur, micro business, large business, uh, can keep in mind for 2020 when it comes to neuroscience and marketing? What's kind of one tip that you'd want to leave people with? Yeah, well, people act on how they feel, not necessarily what they say. So if you don't have any form of emotion-based data to add to your customer segments and to help with, um, you know, CRO in general, um, you are missing a big portion uh, of, uh, of consumer insights in general. And, and the brands that do this the best really understand that customers are more than data. Um, that they're people. And as soon as you understand the humanity and the biology behind why some things grab attention, why are some things going to trigger an emotion with a certain group of people, um, the more of that you can have in your arsenal, the better you're going to be at connecting with that group of people. So I think you're going to see a lot more push towards customer experience and uh, human understanding in general. Dan, I need to know what's the last piece of mail you got recently that you remember and thought was really uh, interesting, provocative, and uh, kind of left an impression? Yeah, it's a very simple one. Um, it was a letter that looked like most other letters, but when you open it, it was written in a very conversational tone. It, it just read something like, listen, I know you got a lot of mail and um, I, I appreciate your time. Like exactly how we speak is the way it was written with very simple words. and. You know, I appreciate you even opening and reading this. And um, we have this offer. Uh, we're not going to keep sending you stuff. But if you're interested, I'm here to help. No pressure. Like, it was just very kind of human type of writing. Mm -hmm. um, so I felt 
you know, that, that made me smile because it's like, okay, this came from a human. That, that's good. That's really awesome. So I thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, anything else you want to leave with people um, and as far as what you do and kind of the worlds that you spend in? Any other advice you'd leave with brands and marketers out there? I feel like we covered the, the most important aspects. I think um, the brands that are going to uh, focus on improving the customer experience are going to uh, be more interested in this. And some brands are, are you know, they're, they're jumping on this earlier than others. Um, but at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of everyone. You know, when a brand is not um, cluttering the market with messages that don't resonate, it doesn't help them. They're wasting a lot of money. And when people are being bombarded with messages that don't speak to them, don't stick, that creates a lot of waste as well. So uh, there's a lot of optimization that can be done still. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Marketing Jam, uh, brought to you by Canada Post. Don't forget to subscribe to a physical magazine that they will mail to your office or your home uh, every quarter, full of inspiration, insights, ideas. Uh, thanks again for joining us today on Marketing Jam, and we'll see you next week on the Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.